Welcome in, everybody. We are back after a long, long summer hiatus. Uh, Clubhouse Talk is back. It's better than ever. We are excited. It is August, Tuesday, August 9th, and uh, it's almost football season, Brett. Um, we're, we're in here tonight to begin the college football talk a little bit. Uh, obviously, the, the preseason camps have started for the NFL. Everybody in college is, is back out on the practice field as of last week. Um, it's maybe starting to get a little bit cooler where you are. I'm not sure yet uh, for, for all of you out there, but nonetheless, we're getting, we're getting just that little bit closer to, to Labor Day weekend and, and the start of uh, college football. How are you doing? Oh, I'm excited for football season, but it's sure as heck not getting any cooler here. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's been pretty brutal for I think most of the United States this uh, this summer, especially I know down here in the South, it, it's been pretty unrelenting with the heat. Um, I know parts of I know Texas has been getting sweltered with heat. I think you guys out there in Nebraska, out in the Midwest, have been getting sweltered with heat. It, it's been it's been a long summer for people. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it was a hundred three on uh, Sunday and then I'm planning to scramble this next Sunday and it's supposed to be 99. So I'm not, not too happy about that, but we'll make That's do. miserable. That is absolutely miserable. We're, uh, we're going to be getting a little bit of cold front this weekend down here in Nashville and it's going to be like 85 on Saturday. So uh, my, I am quite, quite happy that probably by come football season, it'll be back to, to 95 and, and 95% humidity to go along with it. But you know what? We'll take the small wins while we can. So, no, I mean, it's been it's been three months and I, since I sat here and, and put together a podcast. And we kind of took off the summer last year. It was, it was a really long drive with baseball season. So we decided this year, um, I decided to take off the summer, get myself some time off. I've been doing a lot of traveling, so it, it worked out for the best anyways. But, uh, but you said you're excited for football season. Um, I know we're going to talk mostly about college on this one but which one if you had to choose do you think you're more excited about this year are you more excited for your uh, your corn huskers or your broncos um i i don't know if i'd be able to pick i mean there's so many unknowns about both of them both coming with new quarterbacks and whole new offensive systems so i really i really don't know um i honestly probably have to say nebraska just because i'll be at all the games but i am going to my first broncos game this year so i will be pretty excited for that that's awesome. And, uh, and you know what I can't wait for, I can't wait for when I get out to uh, my first Cornhuskers game this fall. Uh, oh yeah, that's going to be a blast. We're going to take the, uh, the podcast on the road on Tennessee's uh, bye week here at the end of September. I'm actually going to be heading out to, uh, to be with Brett and we're going to go see what uh, big 10 country and, uh, and Husker nation is all about. So I'm, I'm excited to go see it. Yeah. I promise you, you'll never forget it. It's going to be a blast. Night game against Indiana. I, I couldn't draw it up too much better, I, I don't think. So, no, it's going to be. Uh, it could be against a better team. I am I feel confident that I'm going to see a win. So, in that sense. Yeah. I, yeah, we, should, we should win. Unless, unless I'm completely wrong about Nebraska. But, <laughs> but no, we won't, we won't harp too much on our teams on this episode. Um, I, I think we have enough time. We'll, we'll be able to, to do a whole lot, a huge Nebraska deep dive, I think, um, in a couple weeks. The, the week of the 23rd, probably, because you guys, you and the Northwestern are, are kicking off the college football season over in Dublin, Ireland in week zero. Um, and so I think that week will be a great week to kind of dive into everything that is going to be Cornhusker. And then after that, we'll be looking into the, the first week of college football after that. So, so on this one, this is our preseason episode. So this is where we get to make all of our predictions we get to make ourselves look like complete and total idiots by the end of the season, because we're going to sit there and try and tell the people who's going to be their high, the, the Heisman trophy winner at the end of the year, who's going to win each conference, who's making the college football playoff. And uh, yeah, I have a, I have a good feeling that probably for the most of those things, we, we might get one or two of the playoff teams, right? Because it seems like in, it's pretty easy to get a couple of them, but nonetheless, there tends to be some surprises every year and, uh, I, I don't think last year too many people would have had Michigan in there. I don't think too many people would have had Cincinnati in there. We probably would have sounded pretty dumb if we had done this type of pod in uh, the beginning of August last year. So I'm kind of excited. I, I like to, we'll, we'll put some hot takes out there and then, you know, we'll be on the, the freezing cold takes Twitter account here by the end of the year. So um, nonetheless, uh, I, I think we can go ahead and kind of just, just jump on in and start getting into deep diving and stuff. Um, I, I think probably what would be easiest to do is, uh, 
let's let's roll through the conference winners. I think we'll start there, um, and then that will probably lead us into our discussions of it'll be pretty clear who we think might make the uh, college football playoff, and then give your uh, your Heisman Trophy winner who most likely is going to be on one of those college football playoff teams. And then, yeah, we'll, we'll see how we disagree with each other. So um, without further doubt, let's, let's jump on in. We'll just go in, go in alphabetical order. We'll start with the, uh, the Atlantic Coast Conference, ACC. Uh, who you got coming out of the ACC this year, Brad? Who are you looking for uh, in that conference? Man, I was hoping you weren't going to say the ACC right away because I kind of got a, <laughs> a sleeper pick in the ACC. Um, I got an NC State. Um, but I, I, I think you're going to find that that may not be so much of a sleeper as you, uh, you think. Like, but go on. Yeah, I mean, they got a high-powered offense coming back um, with quarterback Devin Leary um, leading the charge. Um, solid offensive line returning, just as always. I know that a few guys get drafted. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, their schedule is pretty favorable for them. Um, really the only test – I mean, I guess North Carolina, you never really know, but they're replacing their starting quarterback. But they're really their only test, and I want to put that in quotes and uh, parentheses, um, is Clemson um, in the conference. Um, I really don't see a whole lot of other talented teams necessarily in the ACC this year. Um, Louisville, with their uh, with their guy, Malik Cunningham, will be a pretty electric offense. But um, outside of him, I just I really don't see a ton of – Sort of firepower in that conference. Uh, I'm with you. I think the ACC is going to be. Um, they were pretty down last year. Um, with Pitt, with Pitt winning the conference, um, and I, I guess it was what was it? Pitt, Wake Forest, I think, in the championship or in the ACC championship game. I mean, it was just something. They're both up there, yeah. Yeah, you you don't normally see that type of stuff coming through. And um, if you look at Vegas odds, Vegas isn't too far behind you. I mean, you've got Clemson is sitting sitting at just a hair, just a little bit better than a one to one favorite um, at minus one twenty five, and then you got Miami at five to one, and and NC State at seven seven fifty to one, and with seven dollars and fifty cents to one. And and I I think I'm right there with you. I I don't see the improvement from Clemson yet. I think that NC State is a extremely uh, veteran team. They are extremely uh, upper-class friendly uh, across the board. They are returning so, so many people. Dave Doran has kind of been building this team for this moment for, for years now. And as you look at their schedule and their hardest game is easily, it's no doubt that Clemson game and they get it out of the way early. It's October 1st. They got to go on the road to Clemson. And you kind of get past that game, and it, it looks like they can almost coast their way through on the back end. I mean, Florida State at home, um, and, and then Syracuse, Virginia Tech, Wake, BC, Louisville, UNC. I, I mean, I, I don't see the ACC being much of a murderer's row. You're going to probably see a lot of seven, six, seven, eight win teams in the ACC, and and yeah, I, I think I think the winner of the ACC probably has two losses. Um, I didn't see NC State getting through that schedule with two losses. I see Clemson tripping up a couple times. Uh, they haven't added in that much. They're losing Brent Venables, um, for, who's been such a staple there for a long, long time. And, yeah, I'm not convinced that, that their offensive line is ready to really improve after last year. So I'm, I'm with you. I think, I think NC State is the sleeper team, and I think that they are uh, the team that's going to end up pulling it out there in the ACC. Yeah, I mean, and the week before – NC State plays their arguably best test in Clemson. They got a tune-up game with uh, UConn. So, um, I know you don't want to discount UConn too much, even though they are one of the worst Power 5 teams. Or I guess they're not Power 5, but one of the worst Division 1 teams in the past, what, 10 years, probably 20 years. But I don't see them having any issue getting past them and looking straight ahead to Clemson. Clemson's going to be on the road the week prior at Wake Forest. Um, Clawson's team, Dave Clawson's team out there is going to be probably halfway decent like they were last year. Um, able to put up points, probably not a whole lot of defense. It seems to be their, their MO. So I, I will see if, uh, if that, you know, one, one team having a little bit harder game before the other uh, pans out. But it's going to be a tough test on the road. But I think if they can find a way to squeeze that game out, that having that, that uh, tiebreaker, that, that's going to decide who wins 
that side of the conference uh, or that, you know, division of the conference and the other side, the, uh, I believe that is the coastal that they are in and no, they're in the Atlantic and on the coastal side, that's the, that's the side that uh, you had seven winners in seven years. Who who knows who the hell is going to win that side every, yeah. every year? Probably Miami, if you just had to guess it with uh, Mario Cristobal getting down there. But, yeah, it's not an easy thing to figure out who wins on the coastal side. So I, I would take whoever wins at the Atlantic and, and run with that. But, uh, I think that covers the ACC as best as we can. Just just look at it right now. We'll we'll jump over to uh, to your country, to your conference, and that would be the uh, the Big Ten. And obviously, it's been a uh, very active offseason. I think in college football, you have the Big Ten's going to be changing in the future, adding in USC, UCLA. We we haven't been covering that news obviously this summer, but um, the Big Ten is still what it is for now. Uh, a very, very powerful conference. I'm, I'm curious to see where you see this this conference go. Vegas has this as uh, Ohio State's conference to lose, and, and what do you think? So before last season when the Michigan Wolverines won, Ohio State won the, won the previous four Big Ten championship games, and I see them going right back to um, their dominance. Uh, Michigan played pissed off last year because they had never beaten Ohio State under Harbaugh. And Michigan obviously had a very talented team, but they lost a lot of guys. Daxton Hill, um, Dwayne Haskins, Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, they lost a ton on both sides of the ball. Um, And I don't see Michigan just having enough firepower to hold up with Ohio State yet again this year. And I honestly don't think anyone in the West is going to win that division anytime soon. So um, I'm going to go with Ohio State. Um, it's a safe pick. I mean, they've been there before. They, I heard this today. They're, they're a team like Alabama that doesn't rebuild, they reload. Um, and that's what they're doing. They're replacing uh, their top two wide receivers with Jackson Smith and Jigba, who you might hear me talk about later um, as a dark horse Heisman candidate, and uh, 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 Marvin Harrison Jr. So... Yeah, Ryan Day's got got that place going like a recruiting factory. The way that you know UGA, Clemson, Emma um, has been, it's those guys are just they load up with five stars every year, um, and it, it doesn't seem it doesn't seem to matter who Ohio State has uh, coming up in the ranks as a wide receiver because whoever it is, they bloom into an absolute superstar. They're going to have CJ Stroud throwing them the ball, who's only going to be getting better as he gets older and he's got all those team reps under him. Um, I, I think that Ohio state's going to learn a little bit from last year. It was their first, I don't even want to say getting kicked in the mouth. I mean, they won what 10 games last year and it's a down year for Ohio state now. Um, and, and I think that this is going to be a year, like you said, where uh, easily whoever gets out of the, gets out of the big 10 East, destroys the uh, the west it seems to be really tough the last few years for the west team to compete with whoever comes out of the east but that's been because whoever's coming out of the east is pretty strong team going to the college football playoffs so um i I got ohio state coming out of that side i think that a lot of different teams can come out of the uh the east i i really like i do want to say i really like penn state as a team this year i just think penn state has got an unbelievably horrific schedule uh I, i like a lot that they've got but you're gonna you're gonna put on games that they've got to go on the road to Auburn early in the year. Um, whether Auburn's gonna be that great or not, that's still gonna be difficult. You've got to go at uh, the big house. You get Ohio State at home, but you know it's just late game at Rutgers. Seem, seems like I, I know Rutgers isn't a great team, but that's not really a fun place to go play late in the year. It'll be cold. Um, yeah, it's just I. I like that team. I like what they have returning, but I think that's just going to be a really long pool schedule for Penn State. So I like Ohio State to get out of there, but I guess if I had to say a sleeper to go outside of Ohio State, then I would say Penn State on that side. If they can maybe trip up Ohio State and get the tiebreaker game and Ohio State trips up maybe somewhere else, um, you could be looking at a team with you know two losses getting out of the West and, or out of the East and going over and having the tiebreaker will be huge. Yeah, um, if, if you want me to give a sleeper, I will. Um, and I don't think it's another East team. I know I said a West, I don't see a West team winning it anytime soon, and that's because I see Ohio State being so dominant. But 
if there is a team to make it out of the West, I think it's Wisconsin. Uh, Braylon Allen is a 19-year-old. He might be 18. He, he's so young. It's insane. He was playing – no, he, I think he is 18. He was playing at 17 last year, which is insane. But he is a freak. He, he is the next Jonathan Taylor, the next Monty Ball, the next Melvin Gordon. Name, name your RBU running back. But Ron Dane is another one. They, they, Wisconsin just always seems to have a absolute bell cow running back that can just tear up any defense. Doesn't matter what what scheme the defense is running, you just you can't stop them because they just they ground and pound. They know that they know how to play their way, and that's why it's the Wisconsin way. They just, they they do it so well. They grind you out. Um, if they can get some decent quarterback play, you know they're gonna you know they're gonna run the ball well. You know they're gonna that's gonna be tough to get some decent defense. quarterback play at Graham Mertz. <laughs> You guys, been, I mean, you guys have been the same since you got COVID two years ago. Yeah, it's, it's been tough for him. Um, but, you know, I, I just – we'll see what happens. Um, I think that's going to be really interesting. Um, but, you know, if, if, if there's a team out of the West that's going to that's gonna do it, it's going to be them without a shadow of a doubt. So, um, yeah, let's let's jump over to the, uh, the other big conference, and that would be the Big 12, the conference that seems to – somehow be the most stable conference of them all between all the conference realignment stuff right now uh, with them adding in their teams uh, last year where they brought in, they're not in the season in this season. I believe they come in in 2024, if I'm not mistaken, but you'll have Houston uh, and UCF and Cincinnati, I believe are the teams that they added into their conference after losing Texas and Oklahoma. But, But yeah, so who do you see? Who do you see out there? You've got Texas who, once again, is always clamoring. Texas is back. Uh, they have a former five-star quarterback in a transfer coming out of Ohio State. Starting there, they've got all the hype in the world that they got Arch Manning in the off uh, to, to commit, even though that won't affect this year's team. They still are pumped about it. You have Sark's second year. You have uh, Brent Venable's first year in Oklahoma, which that is going through ups and downs as it as it is. And uh, just curious where you see that that conference falling. Well, I'm going to give you a team that you didn't just list. That's the Baylor Bears. I think the Baylor Bears are going to get it done. I don't know why I have a hunch. Um, and that's with them going on the road to Oklahoma and to Texas. That's brutal. Yes, but and I don't even I don't even have a reason why. But I was <laughs> thinking today, I'm like, who who is my pick? And it is the Baylor Bears. It's off a hunch, but sometimes you got to go through hunch. Sometimes you gotta you gotta look at the teams. You gotta gotta do a little do a little math in your head, and you gotta you gotta go with a with a gut feeling. I mean, Dave Ramda has had that team playing. Oh, excuse me, that team playing well for a while. Um, their their pass rush is gonna be good. Their run defense is gonna be fantastic. Um, the the back seven probably needs a, a little bit of uh, rework. They're losing a, a ton of star talent with safeties, uh, Jalen Petra and. JT Woods, uh, linebacker, uh, Terrell Bernard and corner, uh, Raleigh Texada are all part of the talent that that's no longer there. But I think that, I think that he's got a lot of talent there. I think that that's a, a team that could make a lot of noise. They probably got to steal at least one of those two, but the big 12 tends to be a little bit chaotic teams beating up on each other. You never know if you steal the right one out of those two. So, uh, I, I don't hate that bit. Um, as I look at it, I I like honestly I like uh, I like Oklahoma. I I hate it. I I don't want to be chalky, but I don't know. I just Caleb Williams is still or actually no, he's out. Who's your quarterback now? Oh my God, your quarterback? No, did you say your quarterback? That is Nebraska's bitter rival. Uh, their quarterback is Dylan Gabriel, UCF. That's Tennessee. right. He, I, I was trying to think of who transferred in there. That's right. Dylan Gabriel. Um, that guy's going to be playing solid for him. I think Brent Venable's defense is going to translate. They're going to play hard. That's a, I think it's a lot easier to implement a defensive scheme quickly than it is to implement an offensive scheme um, to, get, to get your players into it. So I, I, I see Lincoln Riley had that team very well stacked very well set up for years to go. Um, and yeah, I, I thought Oklahoma really played down last year. And I, I think they'll, they'll lift it up and they'll be able to 
sneak their way through that conference, but I don't think it's going to be very pretty. They will easily lose a couple of games. I think that the Big 12 and the ACC both are going to have a lot. We'll, we'll hear this, you know, when we get to the end, but I think both of those teams are going to have the conferences will have a lot of trouble trying to get somebody into the possible playoff at the end of the year. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think you, I don't think we'll ever see a one-loss Big 12 team, at least as it stands right now, one-loss Big 12 team in the college football playoff. And Oklahoma will have a loss by the by the time they're they're done. I mean, they come to Nebraska week four. Um, I'll be at that game. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, that will be a fun game, though. I think but, that game's. I think that game's going to set a huge standard going forward for Oklahoma. I think the first. I'm not mistaken. Their first couple of games are pretty weak on their schedule. They are. They are, and it's going to be a huge. I don't want to say a revenge game because I mean, in a sense, it is because last year we lost to them and we really shouldn't have. Um, even though they had more talent, um, we went down to Norman and lost by eight. Or no, yeah, I, I remember I that. I think it is eight. You guys played played poorly um, and had a lot of turnovers and still hung around with them. And so I, I think that that third week of the season will tell a lot of where Oklahoma's future protection goes in that season because if they if they go and they stomp Nebraska up and down the field. I don't know if that would even say as much about Nebraska as I think it would say about Oklahoma in that sense. And on the flip side, I think if they go up to uh, Nebraska and if they, they walk out of there with a loss, not only is it going to springboard Nebraska season four going into the Big Ten, but I think that it is really going to put Oklahoma on their heels and they're going to be playing catch up the entire time in their conference. I mean, Texas, you look at it and both, both Texas and Oklahoma – could potentially have losses on their schedule by week three. And they're both going to be – granted, they're not conference losses, but they will be losses. Um, Texas is starting off the year with with Alabama at home. I, I don't think that's going to go very pretty for Alabama, or for Texas. But so you're looking at a very likely loss there in Oklahoma on the other side. If they play bad, I think easily they could lose in Norman. And so, yeah, or in, or in Lincoln. And so it's like – they're going to be playing a, a whole game behind, not a conference game. Still matters in record. Um, we haven't uh, we haven't touched much on Texas. Um, have they named a starting quarterback? I don't believe they have. No, they have not yet. They are still having their uh, their quarterback competition there. I know the consensus with the media is it will be Quinn Ewers, but I have heard um, that Hudson Card is really putting up a fight. Um, he played towards the end of last year, once they're starting quarterback last year, Casey Thompson um, had a thumb injury and was down for a few games um, and played pretty well. Um, and obviously we haven't seen really any of Quinn Ewers, but I guess it'll just be, um, I think, I think quarterback plays are really important, especially for a big 10 offense. Um, they do have B. John Robinson going to alleviate some of the, some of the, uh, Defensive looks looking away from the quarterback because you have the game plan around a guy like B. John Robinson because he is so good. But I, I think a lot of Texas Texas's success is going to depend on quarterback play this year. A hundred percent. I mean, I think they're going to live and die by it. Um, I think that their defense will be okay. I think their run play game is going to be good. Their their defense was brutal last year, and they really didn't. A lot of teams, especially with defense, they look to the portal to get guys in there that have even maybe even lower level guys that come up and can provide meaningful minutes for them. But they really did not. Um, they really didn't land any huge game changers on the defense, which is, is is a concern to me because their defense is so bad. I know they're going after O'Shawn Mathis, but they they lost him to Nebraska. Funny enough, but. Um, that guy would have been a game changer for him because their edge rush is awful. All right. I mean, it's why I don't think Texas can win this conference because their defense. I think if they were to find something on that end, I, I think they will be an okay defense, but I don't think they're going to, I think they'll be better than last year, but I don't think that they're going to be a good defensive team. And I think that's why you won't win the conference is because they're going to give 20 points to, they're going to be in shootouts with Oklahoma. They're going to be in shootouts with Baylor, with Oklahoma State. And eventually, I think that in those games, you're not, there's going to be times where you're not going to be able to put up enough points. Yeah. If you look at their schedule um, from last year, they lost to Arkansas 40 to 21. They gave it 40 to Arkansas. Um, start off the season four and one with that loss at Arkansas. Lost six in a row. 
That includes a loss where they give up 55 points to Oklahoma, 32 to Oklahoma State, 31 to Baylor, 30 to Iowa State, and 57 to Kansas. Kansas, of all teams. You, know, so you can't do that and expect points. to win. No, no you, you can't. can't. You can't. Their quarterback threw seven, I think six or seven touchdowns against Kansas, and their offense scored 56 points. Their offense is doing everything right, and their defense gave up. Oh, hold on. I'm looking. I'm trying to find the, the number of yards their defense gave up. It's going to be a, a very, very significant number. Yeah, it was 418 yards, but it was four rushing touchdowns, three passing touchdowns. That's not Jeez. normal Kansas numbers, especially against a team like Texas. Uh, that, that defense needs needs a little bit of work. Yeah, so I, I think Texas is getting better. I think Texas is getting closer to being, quote, back. Um, as they get closer to getting back, they get closer to getting in the SEC, which I think is not going to help them very much. It's a terrible move for them. But nonetheless, it's, it's what they're going to do here in a couple of years. But uh, no, so we've got... Got Oklahoma coming out of the Big 12 for me. We got Baylor coming out of the Big 12 for you. Let's head out west to the Pac-12, where, like I said, I mentioned, you've got USC and UCLA who will be leaving there shortly. Um, USC is the uh, the darling of the offseason. They get Lincoln Riley. Um, they get Caleb Williams. They get all these other transfers. Uh, they, they act, they're getting all these... Uh, big players in there they're getting all this hype it's the first time that program has had a lot of hype in a long time where do you see it going i see going to the pac-12 north and the oregon ducks um their defense or their offense is typical oregon they want to play fast um they don't play aggressive and really other than georgia um which is a non-con game so i guess it doesn't really matter towards their conference record um, I really don't see anyone on their schedule that really jumps off the page other than maybe Utah. Um, but even Utah, I, I'm not sure how they'll fare against this Oregon Ducks speed. Um, I know they have had some rubber matches in the past couple of years um, where Utah has been able to beat the Oregon Ducks, but um, they don't play USC um, in the conference. Um and, yeah, they, they miss USC, so that's really the, the big ticker because the rest of the uh, Pac-12 South is, is pretty underwhelming. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they got Washington State, Stanford, Arizona, UCLA, who is awful in my opinion, Cal, Colorado, Washington, the game against Utah, and then their yearly win against Oregon State. So – I, I like it. I know that Mario Cristobal, we talked about him going from Oregon to Miami. He was setting up that team for a whole lot of success for a long time. It's not like Oregon was going to go anywhere anytime soon um, if he had stayed there. And I think that I can't even remember who they hired out there. Um, uh, Dan Lanning. That's right. I, I think that he is going to be able to kind of pick that ball up right where uh, Cristobal left it. But, you know, I'm, I'm actually looking at the, uh, the one team you were you were talking about there is it might be a, another hiccup team for them, and that would be Utah. I, I like the Utes. This team has been built on a defensive prowess that no one has seen for in the Pac-12 for the last couple of years. I mean, they are a defense-first type of ball club. They won the Pac-12, I believe, for the uh, – I don't know if it was the first time they ever won the conference. I know it was the first time they ever went to the Rose Bowl, and I, I think that team is – Locked and loaded and ready for more success. As you look at their schedule, they don't have to play uh, Oregon. They start off the year playing Florida, and then you look at it and they go. Uh, their their one tough test is they get USC instead of Oregon. They get that game at home in the middle of the year. Uh, they're going to be well tuned up in time for that game. They get Stanford at home. Uh, they, they get Arizona on their schedule. They get Colorado. Actually, I guess they do get Oregon, and that's at the, the end of the year. So I guess yep. that, um, yeah, Oregon and Oregon, Utah playing there the second to last week of the season. I think that uh, it's one of those two teams to take the Pac-12 North title and probably give it, give uh, the South whoever they want. I mean, you got to look at it and assume it's USC's side to lose. Um, there's there's not a lot of talent outside in the, uh, the South there. You got – 
I mean, I guess the next best team in the South would be Arizona State, maybe would be. They lost. They. I, th- I know they've lost everyone, but I'm saying that's – no, I guess UCLA would be the only other talented team out there. And I, and I don't – I still don't see much from Chip Kelly's. No. Out there. I mean, Dorian Thompson Robinson's their quarterback. He's a pretty good quarterback, but outside of that – and the fact that they don't have anyone to show up to their games. Yeah. It, it, I mean, that doesn't help either. The 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 fan factor plays, and I know it doesn't play into the Pac-12 as much because, other than Oregon and I guess Utah, the Pac-12 stadiums are pretty underwhelming with fan support. But I mean, home game at home field advantage with a loud crowd is is so important, and that's just something that U- UCLA lacks so heavily. No, I, I completely agree. Um, so I, I, I like it. I think uh, I think the Pac-12 is going to be interesting. Um, I, I, let's let's see where where that conference lies. And so, without uh, without further or without too much pushing here, let's jo- go ahead and jump over to the uh, the SEC, the last of the of the big of the Power Five conferences. And obviously, this was uh, Georgia kind of knocked off. Alabama, they slayed them a little bit. They they won them. They beat them in the conference, um, and or conference championship game. I, everyone sees those two teams being Goliaths uh, coming back. Georgia is reloaded. Alabama is reloaded. Um, where do you where do you see the SEC going? I see the SEC going back to Tuscaloosa and the Crimson Tide. As much as I hate to say it, because I'm tired of watching them win, but they're reloaded. Like I said with Ohio State, they're back at it with amazing players at every position, future NFL players at every position. And I think Jamar Gibbs, that a running back transfer from Georgia Tech, is going to have a absolutely breakout season and carry them to a conference title. If that's a name that people don't know, you need to go find – you need to remember that name right now. Um, Tennessee was in the running sort of for him coming out of the, com- or the transfer portal. That guy is going to be – absolutely stupid coming out of the backfield for him. Think a, um, a Najee Harris type player coming out of the backfield. Obviously he runs hard downhill, but is fantastic catching balls out of the backfield. Um, so maybe not so much with Derek Henry, but closer to that, to that Najee Harris type. And he's going to be absolutely deadly in that offense. You got, you got Bryce Young coming back. Um, you've got Will Anderson coming back, who I still think is the best player on that football team. Uh, and Alabama is going to – now you're talking about a team that – Whole just, list of wide receivers too. Oh, yeah. And, and you're talking about a team now, a Nick Saban team that's coming off of losing a national championship game and the uh, the motivation that he has, he's been instilling in that team this whole offseason. I, I, I know Georgia is going to be fantastic. Georgia's probably going to cakewalk through the East as much as I hate to say it. I, I don't see very many teams – giving them much of a challenge. Um, I think Tennessee might be able to put some points on Georgia, but they're going to lose a game. That would be like 56 to 31 type thing. Um, Georgia's going to roll through, and then Bama is too stacked, too loaded. It's going to go back to Atlanta, to Georgia and Alabama, and uh, Nick Saban is not losing this one again. And uh, yeah, the, this conference is, is running through Tuscaloosa and I think this could be one of the better teams Nick Saban has had in the last few years. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I guess on the same coin that we're talking about with the Big Ten, if you want to, want me to give you a, a sleeper team, uh, give me the Ole Miss running Rebels or the running Rebels, the, the Ole Miss Rebels. Um, I think Lane Kiffin's going to have him playing some really good football. Um, kind of a Oregon of the South ish feel. Uh, they want to play fast, they want to smash you in the mouth, and their defense is going to play hard. Um, and they're, they're a team that has beaten Alabama in the past. Ole Miss, for some reason, always has Bama's number. And I think that they're going to have it even more this year after all those call-outs Nick Saban has giving Kiffin and, and the boys as well as as well as Texas A&M. But um, just with all the, the, the transfer portal, getting players in, and all this paying for players stuff that, that Nick Saban acts like he's never done before. But um, He's just mad because everyone else gets to do it and uh, they, yeah. they, they don't get, uh, you know, Everyone else can do it now very openly and in the world and, and they yeah. to be able to they had a way to get around the, the law and, and do it being caught. But no, I think Ole Miss is an interesting team because they have been I mean, Lane Kiffin went out 
and basically just restocked his entire team with transfers. And it's one of those things where you're going to throw in so many transfers that chemistry could click and they could be awesome and they could go win 10 games or that chemistry could be so bad and those players do not mesh and get along with each other. And I think they could go win like seven or eight games and it wouldn't surprise me either. So I'm, I'm really curious to see it. Um, that game is going to be in Oxford late in the year. Uh, would Will be an interesting one to watch going forward. But like I said, I, I just don't see anybody knocking off Alabama. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest to see them go undefeated. Um, I think their hardest game is probably, if you want to say because of its road game, it's Ole Miss. But otherwise, it, it's going to be the a- the AM game, which they get at home. Um, and they're going to have revenge on their mind after losing last year. Nick Saban typically doesn't lose the same team twice in a row. So, so yeah. I, that is going to be the game of the year, in my opinion. I it's think gonna it's going to be such an awesome game. It's going to be 8 o'clock on CBS. That's the weekend that uh, CBS has already announced that they're doing their two games. They're 12 o'clock, 8 o'clock, doubleheader. Um, I, I can't imagine that they would be doing that for any other game. So, yeah, it's not going to be an LSU-Alabama game on, on 8 o'clock on CBS this year. It will be that game, and it will be a fantastic game, um, especially with all the call-outs that those Jimbo and Nick Saban had in the offseason. Um, yeah, listening to those two. Uh, go at it. They're they're going to be ready for that game. It's going to be a really, really good time. Um, I, I'll be curious to see if I get to see that game. It's the same weekend as Tennessee LSU. Um, it depends on where Tennessee LSU falls on the schedule. So I may or may not even see that game. But if I miss it, I will be watching reruns of it first thing on Sunday morning. That is uh, for darn sure. But yeah, let's. we've kind of gone through our, uh, our conference champions now. Um, you get an idea of who Who's going to be coming out of the conferences? I think that's got to influence our uh, college football playoff teams. Is tends to be four conference champions unless you throw in Notre Dame in there. So, or uh, the odd year that you get uh, two SEC teams. So I, I don't see the group of five teams. But yeah, let's let's go ahead and jump into the uh, the playoff teams. So you got is uh, your four teams this year, Brett? Um. So the way I broke it down is by seating. So I'll go with a one and four and then the two and three. Um, my one seed is Ohio State. I don't see them having any slip-ups throughout the season. I think they're a solid one. Um, and I guess I really don't need to elaborate too much on that. I already kind of touched on them earlier. Uh, my four is Texas A&M. Um, two SEC teams for the second consecutive year. Um, I like the A&M pick. I don't think they have a too rigorous of a non-con schedule. And really, other than Alabama, um, I can see them. I think they'll lose that game. But um, other than them, I don't see them slipping up in the SEC. So I'd take a one-loss Texas Tech team to get in, even if they're not in the uh, SEC championship. And then on the 2-3 game, uh, give me Alabama as my two and NC State as a three. You think NC State has enough wins to get themselves into the college football playoff this year? I don't see a loss in their schedule. Wow. That is if a- they can beat Clemson, I don't see any reason why they can't be undefeated. And I think That's an undefeated a ACC statement. team will make it in. No, I, I 100%. I think any undefeated uh, Power 5 champion gets their way in um, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, so I, I don't care what conference it is. If you go undefeated, you're finding your way in. Uh, I mean, you saw last year an undefeated group of five team got in. So right. I think as long as you go undefeated, you're you're in there. I I, I like it. it. It's I think it's reasonable. And you know, we saw we saw that happen with Alabama before. Um uh and the year that they I think it was the if I'm not mistaken, it was the year that they beat Georgia uh when they when that was the the first go-round of the national championship game where Alabama did not go to the SEC championship game. They couldn't get that second loss because they weren't there. Um, things fell their way, and they found themselves sneaking their way into the four seed. And I think that could happen because if AM's one one loss is a hard-fought game in Tuscaloosa, uh, it, you know, a game that comes down to maybe it's a last field goal or a, or a, you know, overtime game or it's a you know, two minute drive and leads to a touchdown, like that type of thing. I, I think that the committee would absolutely respect that if, if they're, if that is their one and only loss. So I, I, 
I can absolutely see it. Um, it's it's the only way that I think it could happen is that it's got to be a really close game, but but it, it, we've seen it happen before, so I like it. Um, on on my side, I'm going to be going with. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go the same, same way that you did it to, to keep it, uh, to keep it, you know, uniform and standard over here. So let's go with, we go with Alabama in the, uh, Alabama in the one, and I'm going to go Utah in the four. I think that, uh, I, I mentioned earlier that I think Oklahoma, or I think that the big 12 and the, and the ACC are both really, really struggle, um, uh, to get, to get teams in, um, so I, I see that. And then on the other side, I, I see Ohio State. And unfortunately, I see UGA as the, uh, the three seed. I think that uh, we, we've elaborated on Ohio State, how great they're going to be. And I, I mentioned UGA just reloaded. They're coming off a national championship game. They're, keep, they're getting back their quarterback. I think the scariest thing that we should all be out there thinking to ourselves right now that not everyone knows, UGA did not take a single player in the transfer portal. Not one. Kirby Smart sat there, and it's I, I can promise you that UGA, if they wanted players, they could have gotten players. And Kirby Smart sat there and basically said, no, nope, everybody in the transfer portal, you're not better than anybody I have on my team. That should be horrifying to people. Uh, and I think that I think that Nick Saban gets it done and wins the SEC championship, and then I think Georgia sneaks in at the three because the committee is obviously never going to put the one and the four together. So or the, the, they're not going to make a rematch at, at one and four. So that, that drops Georgia, who was the two going into that game. Two undefeated teams going into the SEC championship. Georgia drops to three. Ohio State moves up to uh, to the two. And then you got, I think I'm going to go with Utah edging out um, the ACC and big 12 winners. Uh, I, I'm curious, we, we talked about it. You know, we, we both are sitting there talking about opportunities for two teams out of one conference um that tends to open up the door for independent slash group of five i were are we both consensus down on notre dame i'm down on notre dame i think marcus freeman's an incredible coach but i think he needs a few years um before he can get to that point and as far as g5 goes i don't think there's that cincinnati i don't think there's that it team this year um, like unless Cincinnati just absolutely has some stud sitting on their <laughs> sitting on their bench last year at quarterback, I, I don't, I don't see it. No, I, I agree. I mean, we to be fair, we pretty well knew about Cincinnati uh, back to the year before because if you look at it, they, you had the game against um, Georgia in the Peach Bowl, and they were a great team, and they had a chance going into that. They almost won that game. So I, I think that that's, that's one that you sit there and you're wondering, um, uh, you know, is there any team like that coming out of the bowl season? And frankly, not that I can think of. I'm trying to pull up the coaches poll, which just came out the, uh, the other day, the preseason coaches poll. Let's see here. Um, just to see if you're, I mean, Houston's at 25, Cincinnati's at 22, um, just trying to find if there's any other group of five teams that are going to be up there, and I don't see any. So yeah, I'm, I don't think it's. I don't see them. I think Notre Dame being five is a joke. Um, I I don't like that at all. Um, I, I'm with you. I think Marcus Smart's going to be a great coach there, but I don't. See Marcus him. Smart. Or, sorry, Marcus Freeman. Gosh, there you go. Hey, he's Irish. You know, for the Celtics. <laughs> um, my, uh, my my only quarrel, my only quarrel with your with your college football predictions is the Georgia thing, and I'm sure you're glad to hear that I don't like Georgia this year because you're obviously not a Georgia fan, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners probably are. But um, I see them being a lot like LSU after LSU won that national championship and lost was it 16, 15 guys to the draft. And Georgia yeah. just did the same thing. I don't think they return enough firepower on offense. And there's so many holes left on the defense from all those great players that got drafted. I just don't think they're going to be able to get it done. I mean, they're replacing their top two running backs. I know Georgia historically has had some really good running backs, but I think for to play that caliber, like the playoff caliber, you need experience. And they just, I think they lack it. Um, 
No, oh, I, I just I don't see where they lose going through their season, and I just don't see their I don't see their losses popping up. Um, and then you're going to be looking at a team that okay, even if they lose one, they're going to the SEC championship game at eleven and one. Promise you, Tennessee's not only having one loss in the conference. I can promise you, Florida's not only having one loss in the conference. I can promise you, Kentucky's not only having one loss in the conference. Um, I can promise you that they're not losing to Alabama in that championship game, and that's a two-loss <laughs> team, and they're out. Well, if they if they're sick with with two losses, or no, you can get in a two losses out of the SEC. I, I don't. I don't think you losing to an undefeated Alabama. Losing to an undefeated Alabama, I think you. Yeah, but I don't think you can get in with two losses over a one-loss Big Twelve or Pac-12 or ACC team. I, I guess. Or, or then again, even a one-loss Big Ten or Big Ten or a one-loss Big Ten team that lost to only Ohio State. I don't see. I would love to see that debate come down to a two-loss Georgia that has. Let's say they just slip up somewhere along the way. I don't know. Maybe it's South Carolina. Maybe it's Tennessee. I don't know. I think they're 100% off of South Carolina. They, <laughs> they, they slip up somewhere, and they have one loss, and then they lose to Alabama in the championship game. And you have a two-loss UGA team whose one loss is a, is a slip-up game um, that they look sloppy in, and then their other loss is an SEC, SEC championship to an undefeated Alabama. And then you're looking at – I would love to see the debate of them versus a two lost conference champion coming out of an ACC or coming out of a big 12 that is going to be soft and, and, or, and a two potentially two lost pack 12, just, just any of those conferences. If it's down to one of them, I would just love to see where the committee would fall on in that debate. Um, but, but yeah, I'm, I, I think Georgia goes undefeated through their season. I think that they have their one loss in the championship game, but that's, that's my opinion because I mean, Kurt has gotten that school to Nick Saban-esque and that that place is a recruiting factory. They are built, they're replacing studs with studs, bell cows with bell cows. It's five-star after five-star. And I, I just don't see them dropping off this year. But uh, Let's take a look at their schedule. I mean, they play Oregon to open up the season. I think it's in Atlanta. Yeah, it's in Atlanta. Yes. You're not losing that game in Atlanta. Dude. I don't know. They're going to have a lot of new guys in that team, especially on the defense. And Oregon is going to prey on that defense. I, I will be willing, you know, when we get closer to that first week of the uh, college football schedule, I, we, we may have to make ourselves a side bet on this game because I can promise you Georgia is not losing that game. And I frankly, I'm not gonna say it's close, but I is the Georgia is the Tennessee game handily. Is the Tennessee game in Georgia or Tennessee? It's at Athens. The only thing for that is it's coming off of the Florida game, which is a bit awkward for Georgia, I think. Um, but I don't know. I mean, maybe you could look at their fluke game being after they get through Florida and Tennessee, they've got to go on the road to Mississippi State, who can put up points. Uh, I hate Mississippi State, but yeah, you're right. I mean, they can they they their coach is going to put up points. I mean, regardless, you go you go the last two the last two games in the conference are on the road at State and at Kentucky. I don't, Kentucky could absolutely do it. Yeah, I I think that maybe they could slip up there, but just. I still think they're better than those teams. I think that those are their best chances for a slip up. I don't. Auburn is at home. They're not losing to Auburn. Um, I, I don't buy into Spencer Rattler hype, especially only in the third game of the year. Even though it's on the road at South Carolina, it's it's a noon kick. I don't see that being a problem for them. Maybe if that was a night game uh, in South Carolina, but no. Um, Kentucky is another really interesting team. A, a thing that's not talked about enough is how good their defense is. How good it's going to be this year. It's going to be probably the best. Kentucky defense maybe ever um and then they're I mean I know they had Wondell Robinson last year who broke all sorts of SEC records but they're replacing with another guy last name Robinson forget his first name and then they have Chris Rodriguez who is probably not first team SEC just because of Gibbs but is an all SEC style player I, I think Kentucky could absolutely beat them I think Kentucky is going to be um, a really good team i continue to get better and better every year um but you're i'm trying to think of who you're thinking of with kentucky but nonetheless i think it just seems like kentucky wins early they lose late i i still think they're gonna lose to tennessee i don't buy into will levis hype uh will levis is 
okay. I don't think Will Levis is anything special. Everyone likes to think of him as somehow a Heisman dark horse. I, Will Levis lost to Nebraska, so I'm not I, super sold on him. But yeah, I, I I just don't see it. I think that he's a, a okay quarterback, nothing special, and so yeah, I'm on. I think that will be a decent team, nothing special. Um, probably go win eight or nine, or probably win nine games again because they seem to do that every year now with a fairly simple schedule. But you're going to have losses to Georgia, loss to Tennessee. Um, yeah. <laughs> hey, he hasn't beaten Tennessee in Knoxville in front of a, uh, a real crowd since 1976, I believe. Uh, I don't think it's happening this year either. So we'll we'll see what happens. But Tennessee's had worse teams last couple years and still managed to beat them. Um, Nonetheless, uh, I think that covers the uh, the playoff side. So, you, like you said, to reiterate, you've got Ohio State playing uh, NC State in the four, and then you have Ohio State playing Texas A and M. That's right. NC State was your three, and they're playing Alabama in the two. And then I've got Bama playing Utah, and then got Ohio State playing Georgia um, there in the semifinals. Uh, without who's your who's your national champion? We didn't even cover that. Alabama. I, I agree. I really hate it. I, I don't think you really I need think, to explain, but I agree. I hate it. I hate it so much, but I just think that this team is going to be on the absolute mission after last year. So I, they're the they're the betting favorites in Vegas. I think that that's absolutely correct. I, if I was putting money down on the season for a national champion, I would be putting money on Alabama. I'm not going to do it because I. Don't like doing that personally, season long bats like that. But uh, yeah, so we'll we'll go with that. So, and uh, last but not least, let's do uh, let's do Heisman winner. Um, you got one of the Heisman this year. Winning the Heisman this year, I have C.J. Stroud. Um, like I've said before, their offense is loaded. Um, he's got receivers upon receivers, and to take away from his receivers, he has a guy by the name of Travion Henderson running the ball to open up space for his receivers. Um, and Travion Henderson and himself, I think, I, I think they have a three-headed monster on their team. Travion Henderson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, and CJ Stroud, all three of them potentially could win the Heisman, I think. If if your predictions are, are even close to spot on, I think that you – will be 100% correct on C.J. Stroud winning because 99% of the time is the best quarterback on the best team in the country. And so if you've got Ohio State finishing at number one, uh, he's going to put up video game numbers there, probably Ohio State um, going undefeated, and that will give him a Heisman Trophy. I completely agree with you. Uh, If Ohio State's there at one, I think he gets it done. I, for argument's sake, and also for my own sanity, because I was banging this drum all last year, I banged this drum all through the Heisman voting period and talking about after the Heisman trophy was announced, um, that I thought Will Anderson was the better player at Alabama. I still think he's the best player at Alabama, and you know we, we mentioned it with Cincinnati. It was like they got the previous year's hype rolled into the next year and it helped them out to get themselves bolstering up the polls. Well, I think the Will Anderson hype started last year and I think that his hype is going to continue to build and roll. And with Alabama going undefeated, Alabama having a fantastic year um, for the first time really ever, you're going to have a true defense only Heisman Trophy winner, and it's going to be Will Anderson because he is the best player in the country. And hopefully, after years and years of complaining, we are finally going to get a Heisman Trophy vote where the best player in the country actually wins, and it's not just the best quarterback on the best team. So maybe this is a little bit of a hope pick, but yeah, give me give me Will Anderson winning the Heisman for the Heisman time. Who is who is your dark horse candidate? Dark horse. Dark horse. That is I can go first if you want to prepare a little bit. Okay. Um, and I'll, and I'll give you a few. I'll give you a few. Uh, Bijan Robinson from Texas, I think, is one. Um, I think for him to be able to do that, I think that takes Texas being good, um, which I know in the past few years has been a struggle. Uh, Texas is not back, uh, as a lot of people like to say. Um, but I think he's a great running back. I think he's definitely a first-round pick if he stays healthy. And... 
Yeah, um, I think he's awesome. Uh, another one is another running back, uh, Braylon Allen, Wisconsin. Uh, he's going to put up video game numbers, just like you said, for um, C.J. Stroud. But their, their offense is built for him, built for him to get yards, built for him to get touchdowns. He's the guy that their offense runs through. And if Wisconsin has a good year like they normally do, um, I think he'll be right up there as well. And then one last one is Jamar Gibbs. Um, pretty heavy on the running backs, these dark horse candidates. Uh, but we really haven't seen a, a, a true like, running back in a while on the Heisman. It's been quarterback and, I guess, one receiver-led award for the past, what was it, five, probably six years since we've seen a no. last running back. Yeah, no. Um, I, I like it. I, I was going to say Jameer Gibbs, just looking at the list right now, um, that would be the first name that would pop off the list to me. Um, I'm not going to be a homer and say Hendon Hooker. I think that Tennessee is going to be fantastic. I think Hooker is going to put up ridiculous numbers, but I don't think Tennessee is going to win enough games to give him the actual Heisman hype um, needed. Uh, this is not going to make a whole lot of sense for what my preseason predictions were, but um, DJ Ugalawave, um out of Clemson because I think Ugh. Because I think that if he actually, if Clemson actually figures it out, I think that he will have a, that means he's had a really good season and he's come into his own. And if that happens, Clemson's probably going to go undefeated. Clemson's in the national championship race. And then you could say that there's a potential if CJ Stroud gets hurt or if Bryce Young gets hurt or Will Henderson or, you know, some of those top guys get hurt and maybe can't put up the full season and Clemson's going there undefeated. Uh, I think you could, you know, we like to, like I mentioned, quarterbacks just seem to always get the love. So, yeah, I think that could be a dark horse. And then if you really want to throw some stuff way on down the list, I mean, I think that I'm looking at some names here, and I just – I can't see anybody else on this actually doing anything. Brennan, Brennan Armstrong and Sam Hartman, both out of the ACC, will put up incredible numbers, but their their teams won't win enough games. That's the problem is you – in win the Heisman, your team has to be in a championship competition. Uh, I think that Hendon Hooker could be up there stats-wise. He's probably going to outperform almost any quarterback this year in terms of stats. He'll be, I guarantee you, top five quarterback, or uh, I shouldn't say that, guaranteed top ten quarterback in the nation uh, stats-wise come end of the year. But Tennessee's not going to go win 10 or 11 games. I mean, I love Mike Balls to death, and they're not going to do that. So, but if they won 10 games and they got themselves to the college football playoff talk, then yeah, maybe he does bump himself up as a potential, but uh, yeah, I just don't see it. So um, yeah, I, I, Will Rogers could put up some pretty stupid numbers at, at Mississippi state. KJ Jefferson could put up some pretty fun numbers at Arkansas. I mean, the ones in these are quarterbacks and on teams that I don't see being in the playoff competition, so they're not going to get enough Heisman votes. So I think Jameer Gibbs and and then DJ would be my two sleepers if I had to choose them. So uh, we probably we, – we've sat here for an hour now, Brett, and uh, we have given our thoughts. We've given our opinions. Like I said, come end of the year, hopefully, hopefully at least half of our college football picks – at least hopefully we get two of them right. We've been the, we have two teams that we agree on in Ohio state, Alabama. I feel pretty good that we're going to get those teams in uh, the other two. We don't agree on. Let's see if uh, one of us can maybe sneak in a third team. We'll see if we can get a Heisman trophy winner and uh, we'll see if we can get some, some three out of five. So let's bat for 60% in the conference. I'd be happy with 60% conference winners. I'll take those betting odds. I'll, I'll take that. So otherwise, like I said, we're going to be plastered on uh, freezing cold takes on Twitter. So <laughs> it's going to be one, one side of the corner or the other, but no, um, I appreciate everyone jumping back in. We're, we're getting, we're going to be off next week. And then starting the week of the 22nd, we're going to our full week on week schedule out there. Listeners um, we'll be diving into a Huskers preview pod. Basically that week, we're going to get you Brett and all of your boys on, and we're going to deep dive into that Nebraska-Northwestern game uh, and, and maybe give me a little bit of shout-out time to, to talk about Tennessee going into the year. It'll be a homer pod, and then you go into the first week of the season. We can recap the Nebraska game and then jump right into that week one games 
and give our uh, full slate of predictions and see what, you know, maybe we'll keep some standings this year and see who can, uh, who could do the best in picks for the year. But other than that, I appreciate everybody out there. Like rate review, subscribe as always. And uh, other than that, I hope you guys all have a fantastic rest of your week, whatever you're listening to this and we're getting closer to football folks. Thank you.